we really binged out last week on great teaching, didn't we? Didn't we? With Pastor Shane Willard and uh, we had some great stuff and so I decided tonight that it's diet time. We're going to go light and easy. You ready for light and easy? After a big meal, it was like last week, we're like, oh, I'm really struggling to digest this. So tonight, I hope it's going to be helpful. Should be a little bit of, of fun as we go. And uh, I want to start off with my mobile phone. Because mobile phones and internet technology in itself is all about connection. Isn't it? All about connection. As a matter of fact, isn't it funny, but like free Wi-Fi is rapidly becoming an expectation. Uh, we go up and visit Levi and Talitha in Taipei and there are free Wi-Fi spots all over the city. So you've actually got to be in a bad spot in the city where you can't get free Wi-Fi or in a building. It's just everywhere that you go. And apparently it's like that. We haven't been anywhere else in the nation, but apparently it's through all the, all the settled parts of the nations you, of that nation. You can just log on to free Wi-Fi wherever you go. And I think it's becoming more of an expectation in Australia. I'm shocked when I go in a great coffee shop and it doesn't have Wi-Fi. A couple of my favourite coffee shops in town, which will remain nameless right now, don't have free Wi-Fi. And I'm like, what are you thinking? What are you thinking? It isn't amazing, though, that we can be um, so well-connected technology-wise and, and maybe not always so well-connected where it really counts. And, you know, you could talk about that with God. I could do a message on that. Um, and that's super important, of course. I believe it is. Uh, but I even think just about ourselves, just amongst ourselves, that we can be connected so well and sometimes with so many people, apparently, on this level and actually not be doing connection great where it really does matter, where it's face-to-face, -face, where it's flesh-to-flesh -flesh in that sense. So... Uh, that's what I want to talk about tonight. I want to talk to us, uh, and I guess in the context of our come together theme for the year, um, the fact is when we talk about come together, we are created for companionship. One of the first things that the Bible says about man in describing his condition is that it's not good for him to be alone. And so relationship, we are created for it, we're built for it, we need it. And so I want to talk to us tonight about practicing friendship practicing friendship and I, I say practicing because I think it doesn't always come naturally certainly to everyone we, we can assume it does like we can assume oh well, it's you know you go and make friends but for some people it's not that simple and I, I love it Bible gives us lots of great you know a great heads up about friendship it gives us lots of instruction on how to do relationships well i think one of the clearest ones is proverbs chapter 18 verse 24 and uh, it is a man who has friends must himself be friendly and it's like uh yeah but for some people uh, when i see them observe them in relationship it's like that would seem really obvious but for some people it isn't and so that's why I think we actually need to practice it. So in no particular order, can I just give you a whole heap of things to practice? If you want to learn to connect and, uh, and be a great friend, because the key is, of course, and often people find themselves, um, you know, frustrated that they, they don't have great friends. It's like, I want people to be my friend. And they neglect to think about, what about you being someone's friend? 
And, and then when people, sometimes when people try that and they go, well, I'm going to go out and I'm going to be a friend, they've got so much loaded expectation on it that they actually push people away unwittingly. So what I want to do is just look at some things that are practical that any one of us can do to deepen our friendships and to connect with people in a way that as human beings, we need to. We need to. And so here we go. First one is practice your smile. Practice your smile. That's a great point, T. It's an awesome point. Proverbs chapter 15, verse 13 says, A happy heart makes the face cheerful. Here's some facts about, and I could have done a whole message just on this, uh, but I just want to lift one fact or, or one study from the University of California, Berkeley. And it did a 30-year longitudinal study that examined the smiles of students in an old yearbook and measured their well-being and success throughout their lives. And this is what they found. By measuring the smiles in the photographs, the researchers were able to predict how fulfilling and long-lasting their marriages would be, how highly they would score on standardised tests of well-being and general happiness, and how inspiring they would be to others. Another part of the study that I, I couldn't lift, but literally they could predict their lifespan with incredible accuracy and the biggest smilers, from the biggest smilers to the non-smilers, the biggest smiles lived on average 7.5 years longer just for smiling. Okay, so who's determined to brush up on their smile? Uh, it's a good thing. The widest smilers consistently ranked highest in all of those above points. It is good for you. It reduces the stress hormone cortisol, etc., etc. It makes you appear more approachable and it is the first tool in your friendship tool belt. So practice your smile. Do it right now. Turn to the person next to you and practice your smile on them. <laughs> Some people just got blinded by the light. Okay, here's another one. Practice generosity. Has anyone else here found it hard to like someone who is tight? Never springs for coffee? Always forgets their credit card? So when you're talking generosity let's just talk really practically and i think it's money it's time it's words it's some maybe sometimes it's the intangibles that we take for granted but how how generous are you with your words if your if your words were food would the people around you starve and it's an interest because that is actually a proverb or or it, it relates to a proverb proverb chapter 10 uh, verse 21, the first part of the verse says, the lips of the righteous feed many. The lips of the righteous. So if, if, if people were relying on your words to survive, would they? Is a good question. And if you want to practice, practice generosity, there's one you don't need a fat wallet to use, to, to, to do it. You can do that with your words. How's that sound? So practice generosity. Loosen up. Give, Jesus said, and it will be given back to you. Press down, shaking together. Okay, third one. Practice listening. 
Okay, we're talking about how to be a friend, how to be a friend. Practice listening, Tavita. Sheree is right on to you, mate. Listen to this. Everyone wants to tell their story, but only friends want to listen. Everyone's got a story to tell. Everyone's keen to tell it, but only friends want to hear it. James chapter 1 verse 19, and I love this advice. James says, my dear brothers and sisters, take note of this. I'm telling you, whenever the Bible says take note of this, you know what you should do? You should take note of this. And James says, everyone should be quick to listen, slow to speak, and slow to become angry. Relationship gold right there. Slow to speak, quick to listen, slow to get angry. Relationship goal. There's an old joke and it goes like this. You have two ears and one mouth. Use them in that proportion. And it's pretty good advice. Cool. Here's another one. Practice stickability. Practice stickability. All the things we can practice to get better at connection. Practice stickability. Proverbs chapter 17, verse 17 says, A friend loves at all times, and a brother is born for a time of adversity. You know, it is easy to be a fair-weather friend. In other words, in good times, you know, actually in good times, in friendship, often it's about what we're getting out of the equation. It is fun to hang around with you. I'm having a great time. Isn't life awesome? And a lot of it centers around us. But when a friend goes through a difficult time, often there's very little in it for us other than character development and strengthening our relationship skills. That's what's in it for us. There might not be any fun in it, but there is definitely something that you can learn from and grow with in the midst of tough times. Real friends can walk through pain. I'm not talking about stupidity. As a real friend, sometimes it can be hard to walk through stupidity. What do I mean by that? You keep making the same dumb mistake that keeps putting you in a lot of pain. That can be difficult to walk with. But when it comes to genuine pain, a real friend knows how to walk through it. And what you're doing is you're practicing stickability. You're practicing your own character. And it will help you connect to people on the deepest level. Because if you walk someone through a really painful season of their life, there will be something forged in that friendship that you can't get any other way. You can't get by going to the movies. You can't get by, you know, hooning around. You can't get by all the good times. You'll only ever get it as you walk through trouble with someone. Okay, now I want to finish with one point on keeping friends. Okay, we've talked about how to be a friend, how to practice friendship. Are you okay? Is this Bible enough for you? I'm having fun. I've been poking fun at Tavita. I've got him twice tonight, so it's an awesome night. Cherie's really got him lined up. Go for a hat trick. I'll see if I can't pull another one out of the hat. Keeping friends. Let's look at keeping them. I've only got one point. Practice honesty. I want to keep friends. Practice honesty. 
You know, friendships break down often when they do. It's only a rift or maybe an unrealistic expectation. In other words, expecting more from a friend than can than than what a friend can really be prepared to give. As I said before, some people who try too hard in friendship actually unwittingly put expectations on a friend that the friend, it makes the person back off because they they expect too much of them. You weren't there for you. I expect you to be. There's a big difference between a friend being there for you and you expecting them to be there for you. There's a big difference. And so we need to practice honesty in our relationships uh, for example, you know, when, when friendships break down, sometimes uh, it's disagreement or misunderstanding, which is just like garden variety humanity, okay? It's, there's nothing complex about it. Sometimes it's more complicated like betrayal, you know, like a romantic competition. Someone got eyes on the girl or the boy first and then there's a bit of a race for the prize and someone gets edged out and, oh, that's hard. That's a hard one to, uh, to, to overcome. Lack of confidentiality. That's a, that's a complicated one. You know, I, I told you that in confidence and I'm hearing it back over here. I saw it in a Facebook post and it's like, that's, that's poor form. So that's really hard to overcome stuff. Sometimes it's expecting exclusivity, what causes a rift in the relationship. In other words, responding with jealousy if you're not given all the attention which is actually, you know, for you, that's, that's your primary dysfunction. That's an insecurity in you that's trying to drive the relationship. Whatever the causes might be, honesty is still the thing to practice. Proverbs chapter 27, verse 6 says this, Wounds from a sincere friend are better than many kisses from an enemy. You know, friends are honest even when it's uncomfortable to say what needs to be said you know for example for me occasionally when i'm approaching a difficult situation with someone uh, i've actually got to say it would be much easier not to say what i'm about to say but because i value the relationship and because i value your future therefore i have to say what i've got to say and risk the relationship. At the end of the day, probably the depth of relationship you have could be measured by those moments, by just how honest can we be when we need to be. And if you are in a friendship and you can't be honest on that, on, on any level or on that level, then it's probably really, really shallow. And if you want to build deeper friendships, then you need to be prepared to risk it to go deeper, for it to actually become a more fulfilling kind of relationship. Does that make sense? So uh, good friends and people that practice honesty aren't afraid to set boundaries about who pays for what, about punctuality, what, whatever it might be, whatever is important to you. You're not afraid to set boundaries on that stuff. You're not afraid to say, no, sorry, that doesn't suit me. I won't be there. A good, that's a mark of a good friendship that you can actually risk disappointing a friend but know that at the end of the day, you'll still be friends. That's not a fickle friendship. That's, that's getting real. Often people struggle to build strong friendships because they aren't robust enough to either hear any of the above or to say any of the above. 
and they end up in deep water with their friendship, there's unfulfilled expectations, it all goes south and they're wondering, why did I lose that friend or why did that friendship break down? Remember, honesty, when it comes to keeping friends, honesty is the best policy. Cool. So you ready to wrestle with it just for a moment as I close? How cool is this? I'm early. (laughs) All the time. Not all the time, but I am tonight. I missed getting tea, but we're not not quite to the end yet. So let's hope. Let's hope. Here we go. Here's some questions. Have I told my face I'm happy today? Have I told my face I'm happy? Come on, put a smile on your dial. Would my friends say I'm generous? Because I, you know what? I think we all think we are. You know, when we talk about generosity and that, on, on the inside, most of us are going, well, I'm generous in my own way. And maybe the best way to know whether you are is, would be to ask your friends. I felt actually a bit sorry for Dave when. There's Dave up the back. I was glad when that life group, life group ad went off. It, it went off today, didn't it? It was right up till today. But, but Dave was on there because he is a generous guy for shouting his life group. I reckon whoever made the ad should shout him dinner because I figure now there's an expectation set that Dave's going to spring for coffee every time his life group gets together. And, uh, and don't do it, Dave. Don't do it. Teach the others generosity too. So true. If there's six guys in your in your... In your life group, you should only be paying for coffee one in every six weeks. Okay, here we go. Is my tongue bigger than my ears? Look at that tongue. <laughs> Had to search for that photo. <laughs> hey, this is the, this is the power of, of Google. I just typed in, tongue bigger than his ears. <laughs> and that came up. So there you go. You've got to win sometimes. But honestly, is my tongue bigger than my ears? And I think you know what I'm talking about. Here's another question to wrestle with. Am I okay with doing the difficult times with someone? Am I okay with doing the difficult times with someone? And lastly, do I consider my honesty... uh, Sorry if I phrase it again. Do I consider my honesty as important as other people's honesty toward me. Do I consider... Because I think that we generally... We expect honesty and we get really ripped off when we don't receive it. So we're like expecting honesty. And honestly, if you live in a world of friends or relationships and people where you're not expecting honesty, you're just living in the wrong place. You need to find better friends. You really do. I think that we expect honesty and that's when we feel betrayed is when if we don't get it, it's a bit of a shock and it hurts us. And, and I think that's an appropriate reaction. I just think we need to get over it and become very good at mending those relationships at times because in all honesty, uh, you're relating to other human beings. And if you haven't looked in the mirror lately, none of us are perfect. And so, you know, it's no good running away. If you run away from problems that people cause you, you'll end up running away from the world. So we've got to get better at dealing with it. Does that sound right? But we need to think, well, 
is my honesty as good as what I expect of others to be? It's a good question to ask ourselves. So I want you, as I close, I want you to imagine building your life with great friends. Maybe not many. You know, like, I, I think I've got many acquaintances and I've got many friends in a general sense, but I think when it really comes down to it, I always look at Jesus. If you look at Jesus, he had John, who seemed to be extremely close. And, and the Last Supper, he's literally leaning back on Jesus' chest as they're having the Last Supper and Jesus is talking about him dying tomorrow. So you have John and then you have Peter, James and John. You have three that Jesus took on like special excursions when he raised the little girl from the dead, when he went up the mountain was transfigured. He had like this inner circle of three. And then ultimately, even though there's groups of 120 in the upper room in the book of Acts, even though he was surrounded by thousands and thousands and thousands of people, at the end of the day, he had 12. And 12 was his bigger group. And then he had a more intimate group of three that he shared special experiences with. And then he seemed to have one who was an absolute confidant. And I think, you know, if the Son of God, perfect humanity, if that's what he handled emotionally, then that's probably a bit of a pattern for how our lives work best. And, and I think that can be sometimes the concern of this connectivity, which at times can be authentic and at times is very shallow. But one of the things it does is it floods our lives with connections on every level and it becomes very, very hard to discern who those maybe 12 people in my life are, who those three people in my life are and who that one person in my life is. So I want you to imagine building your life with good friends, even if it's not many. Proverbs chapter 18, verse 24 says, A man who has friends must himself be friendly, as I said. Here's the second part. But there is a friend who, sti who sticks closer than a brother. That's the other part of that verse I began with. And that's what I call connection. When you have friends or a friend who is literally closer than a brother. And, and I believe that we can develop those kind of friendships that I believe we all crave if we actually don't take friendship for granted and we very intentionally practice it until we're really, really good at it. At the end of the day, even the best athlete doesn't just sort of step onto a field and hit a ball and then go, that's it, I've arrived. Even if they're gifted, they practice and they practice and they practice until they're very good at what they do. Hey, we've got the rest of our lives to get good at making relationships and quality friends. Sound cool? Why don't you stand with me? I'd love to pray for you. <clears throat> hey, if, uh, if right now some of that struck a chord with you, then why don't you just open your heart to Jesus? However you do that, just open your heart to God right now. Father, help us. We, we just come in your presence and, and we ask you to help us to get better at this. As human beings, we stumble all over the place at times. And particularly in the area of relationships and, and learning how that works and, 
and uh, two steps forward, three steps back sometimes. But Father, tonight, as we reach out to you, we ask you to, to help us, to open our mind, to, to give us clarity of thought. Help us to very deliberately practice being a good friend and bringing good people into our world and forming connections that are, are meaningful, connections that last connections where we can be generous and connections that will in turn support us to do life well in jesus mighty name while our heads about you know one more scripture in john 15 the bible says there's no greater love than this than a man lay down his life for a friend and and this is you know a scripture about Jesus Christ, him talking about what he was about to do, that he loved us enough to lay down his life, not only to live a life that showed us what true humanity was, but then to lay it down for the forgiveness of our sins so that we would know the extent of God's love. We'd have no doubt. That's what the cross was all about. God removing our doubt as to how much he loved us, how much he accepts us. He's prepared to forgive whatever stands between you and him for the sake of the friendship, for the sake of the relationship. And, uh, and here tonight, and you might be here and go, well, I haven't got that relationship with God. Maybe you've seen a friend, you've observed a friend walking with that relationship, but for you, it hasn't become a really real and personal thing yet. But maybe tonight it's like, you know what? I want Jesus to be my friend too. I want God to walk with me. I want to walk with God. I want to know him. I want to give you the opportunity as we close the service tonight. We're going to pray a prayer. It's going to come up on the screen. It's a very, very simple prayer. It's a prayer that helps you know, anyone express faith that's in their heart concerning God, God's desire to forgive, God's desire to come into your world and be part of it. And so just before we all pray that prayer tonight, if you're here tonight and you'd say, Chris, that's what I need to do. I'm at that point. I need to open my heart to Jesus. I need to basically allow God to be my friend. Maybe you've held him off out of fear or out of frustration or whatever. But tonight you're ready to say, I want God to come close. I want to let God in. And just while every head's bowed, if you would, just, just give people some privacy. Friend, if that's you, why don't you just raise your hand up and say, that's me, Pastor Chris. I'm not going to embarrass you, but I'll acknowledge you. You put your hand down again, and then we're all going to pray together. So come on, friend, if that's you. I'm not going to hang around too long, but if that's you. Awesome, mate. Awesome. God bless you. Yep, awesome. Over there on the side, I see you, young lady. That's wonderful. Up the back there. Just anyone else want to join these folks tonight? It's really quickly, but you're just ready. You're at that point where you really want to let Jesus in. Open your heart wide open. Wonderful. How about looking up the screen with me? And, you know, if you responded, make this prayer your own, in, in, in your own way. And let's all pray it together to support them. Dear Jesus, Jesus I, believe I believe in you. you. Thank, Thank you for forgiving me. me. Come, Come into my life. life. And I'll follow you. Amen. 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 Amen.
Well, that's awesome. Why don't we congratulate people that took that step towards God tonight? I want to encourage you. God loves you. He's there for you. And talking about friendship, mate, you won't find a better friend than Jesus. So I'm going to ask Michael to come and he'll let you know. And how about us? Why don't we all just decide to practice friendship? Practice it like playing a violin this week. What do you think, Michael? I don't like violin, but I love friendship. (laughs) But he loves friendship. I love friendship. That's good. Let's thank Pastor Chris as he goes. (laughs) 